Hello everyone. Welcome again to Untied Talk. <laughs> we called this Untied Talk because we do not hold back when we're sharing our experiences, when we're talking about a specific issue. And um, we hope that you listen with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Today, we are going to be talking about a journey to healing, a journey with different dimensions for some of us. Um, this is what's an eye. We have our amazing Adiona, Cynthia and Tare who are going Mm -hmm. to be sharing some experiences they went through, which you might have heard already. But today we decided to go deeper into some of those stories and and we will talk about the unplanned pregnancies they had as youth. We'll start with Adiona. (laughs) What would you like to tell us about that? Hey, guys. Hey. Um, So, yeah. I think I did everything in reverse. I I always say this unashamedly because this is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I got pregnant first. I got married and then started family, started family. So my journey, I met my husband when I was, he was my, well, I met my father-in-law first. And then ah, he, he yeah, introduced me. <laughs> <laughs> he introduced me to my husband. Oh okay. wow! Yes, I didn't know this. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Really? Okay. All right. Anyway, you guys. That's why I always say that there's power in like mm-hmm. what you speak mm-hmm. because murora. So he used to manage. He's an accountant, but he loves music. So okay. in his spare time, he used to manage African Voice. So I was a member of African Voice. The ladies were much, much older than I was. African Voice is an all-female a cappella quintet. So he used to manage African Voice. The other ladies had their own cars. I was uh, 19, 18 at the time. So every time we'd finish my gigs late or my functions late, he would say to me, Who's taking you home? I'm like, I'm taking a cab or I'm even using public transport. And then he'd be like, no, Murora Wangu. I will drive you home. And then he'd always go and drop me off <laughs> at our house. Um, then I met my husband. We hit it off. There was a lot that happened that I will speak to you guys off air. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And then on my 21st birthday, I conceived for my. <laughs> okay. So with this, I you don't see like. see her face. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I don't like calling for my an unplanned child because I think everything happens by. For a reason. Design. Everything okay. is. Is sub- happened the way it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So with Fumai, when he was born, we were both young. I was the first Murora in my in-laws' household. Mm-hmm. I did not have a relationship with my mother-in-law. Instead, I had a relationship with my father-in-law, mm-hmm. which in some traditional Shona families is a red flag because that's not supposed to be mm-hmm. yeah. the deal. It actually happened that I was so close to my both of my fathers-in-law, my Babam Diki, uh, my husband's uh, uncle. Diki, yeah. mm. He used to come visit me in hospital because Fumai was born premature. Mm. And there was a rumor that he was the father because he used oh to come every day. Munya was in the big brother Black house. Mm. And there was a rumor. So nurses would give me attitude because they thought that my father-in-law was my, mm. my husband. I had the name Maboreke 
and the child had the name Chizonga. Mm. And, and then they he's knew a doctor, his so they were like, Prof Chizonga's yeah. small wow. house yeah. just right. had a baby. Yeah. Because he was there like every single day. He'd always come spend time with me and his grandson. Mm. So, yeah. I'm just going to tell you, like, mm. like you, is, yeah. you guys chime in anytime you feel mm. like um, getting in there. But it wasn't easy because Munya left to go into the Big Brother house when Fumai was two days old. Okay. So mm. I was sort of thrown into the deep end. Here I was in a new setup, family setup. I wasn't close to anyone except for my father-in-law and I couldn't open up to him in public or even... In mm. private. In private, mm. because of obvious reasons. The dynamic mm. had changed. Initially, I used to call him, you know, he used to say, mm. so I would call him by his first name. All of a sudden, it had to change. I had to call him by his totem, or Baba. Mm. <laughs> Do you okay. know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So before you go on, can you walk us through your guys' process when you found out you're pregnant and how you ended up now? The setup, because now sounds like you were now together. Did you, Was it a decision you made? Was it... How did that happen? No, because we're both very young. And our dating relationship was... Um, like, I always make fun of, of, of Munya when we have, like, our, our fights. But it's not like a, like those bad fights. I say to him, no, 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 you can... Because he says to me, you 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 saw me and then you were like, ah, I'm going to bag this guy. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not what I thought at all. Mm. Because when I met Munya, I was just coming out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I laugh at him and I'm like, no, you were the rebound. <laughs> <laughs> so when he says, Afumai, when he says, Fumai was... Um, unplanned baby i'm like yes because you were mm. the rebound guy and then he says to me no 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 no. it's because you saw me and you were like ah, i'm going to get married to this guy this mm. is the guy that i've i've chosen i'm going to keep him mm -hmm. the process when we found out that i was pregnant um nerves on my part mm. i was very scared for obvious reasons we weren't married society what's my grandmother going to think, what are my sisters going to say? Because I used to stay with my sister. And on his part, he didn't tell anyone except okay. for his dad. Okay. And he gave us, I think he's the one who actually made us accept the situation in a positive light, that there's a mm. blessing coming and, you know, you can't really hit the reverse gear from now. Okay. Yeah. Then you decided to get married. Or no, mm -hmm. when he got into the big brother house, this is something that a lot of people don't know. And I, mm -hmm. and I, I haven't shared this before when he Except was in the house, my show. <laughs> mm -hmm. when he was in the house, my father-in-law came to me and he says, um, we're going to approach your family so that you get married whilst Munya is in the house. I am prepared to go and pay. I said, no. Okay. Because I wanted it to be his decision. Mm. I wanted the fairy tale of him actually going down on one knee and asking. And he was a bit taken aback because, you know, here's someone who's wanting to make things legit, mm. legit and right and mm. secure your relationship. But I didn't want a situation where, you know, in our, in our culture, there's a lot of talk when people have fights in the home. Then they were like, no, you are my parents wife yes. we got married because you were pregnant or mm -hmm. things like that i didn't want that mm -hmm. so i just said no 
And when he came back, we actually broke up Mm. because of that. Um, My family was now asking what's going on. You know, you've waited all this time. Mm. You're staying there with them. What's really going on? Are you going to make this official? Mm -hmm. He wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to get married. And, but the pressure now that was given to us by family, his mm-hmm. side was also putting pressure. My side was also putting pressure. You guys have a child now. You have to do this. But we weren't ready. Both you of weren't us. ready. Okay. But you were staying together. Yes. Was it your choice to go and stay with him? Or was it one of those typical African... Oh. Yeah. Okay. That was the situation. But I wasn't really forced because I used to stay with my sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I remember my mom-in-law even laughing the day that I came because until when you you get pregnant, you're supposed to go na tete and whatnot. Mm. I went there and I had my own property, yeah, my plasma, TV, and whatnot. And my furniture there, I went there by myself. Mm. And she even laughed. She was like, eh, this is modern day. I'm okay. like, it is what it is. I'm here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Did you want to go? I think I did because I needed the support. Okay. Okay. I needed the support because when people come to visit, when people would come to visit my sister mm-hmm. and then they'll look at me, you know, I'm starting to show. I think I went when I was about four months. Mm. I'm starting to show and people, I'm, I'm sick all the time and, mm. you know, you don't really have someone to to cuddle you or to comfort you when you've got the preggy pains and whatnot. So I needed the support. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Did you at any point... Uh, think of terminating the pregnancy when yes. you initially found out? Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Honestly speaking, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before we, well, we had told my father-in-law. That was like a thought that I had by myself because mm-hmm. we had been dating on and off. Okay. This He had done Big Brother 2008 so he was got the heartthrob from Big Brother. And I'd just done Idols. Heartthrob. So I was still living my life. I had so much to do, so mm. much going on for me. And I know that with pregnancy, body changes are going to come. I'm there in the limelight. I was thinking, am I ready to sacrifice my own body to mm. for this? Mm. So I, I won't lie. That did come to mind. Uh, but it quickly went away when I spoke to uh, him mm-hmm. and when I spoke to my father-in-law because they made me see the positive side of all of this. I came from a broken home okay, and I didn't want to give my child that. Mm. So it was like, um, what's it called? I had to weigh my, my options mm-hmm. and the thought did come, mm. honestly. Okay. It did, yeah. okay. I'm grateful I didn't though. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So then now taking us back to what you were telling us, how you then eventually got married, seeing that the baby wasn't the reason Mm -hmm. for your marriage. Um, And the dynamics of your relationship, did it change now that there was a baby? Was he responsible? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. All right. Before we got married, we broke up Mm -hmm. because of the pressure. I was talking about the pressure Mm, from both families. So, and the story actually came out in the papers. There was a whole scandal about it. Um, we had a conversation. It was more of an argument at night. This is like, okay, let's just say it was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, "Is this? are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get married? And he said, no, we're not going to get get married. And I was like, so what, what am I supposed to tell my family? Mm. Obviously, because there was pressure. And um, 
he said no we're not going to do it we're not just we're not going to do it mm -hmm. i'm not going to pay rora anytime soon mm -hmm. then i said ah I'm exposed. I don't want this type of drama in my life. So I said to him, tomorrow when you go out, when you come back, I won't be here. And he thought I was joking. And he left for work at night. When he came back, I was gone. Mm -hmm. And we separated for, for that, I think for a good eight months. Okay. When he came back, he did everything the proper way. And we were mending our relationship okay. at that time in the eight months. Um... A lot happened. I'm just trying to mm -hmm. pack it all in, in because obviously of the time constraints. So um, he came back. He went down on one knee. It was a very awkward proposal, <laughs> but it was a blessing because Fumai was there now mm -hmm. and the wedding happened. We had, I think, about 200 guests away from the public eye, there was reporters and people from the newspapers, from ZBC out, but mm. we outside the gate, but mm. we locked them out because we wanted this to be about us. Okay. Even the family members, I'm, I always say I'm happy when I watch my wedding video because I don't see some people that I don't know on it. Mm. So from his side and from my side, mm -hmm. I can recognize each and every one. That's in that it was video. Intimate. Yeah. Because yeah. we had learned that lesson. So it took a breakup for us to really mend the pieces and Okay. And figure out what it is that we wanted from our relationship. Okay. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So just as you wrap it up, can you walk us through your emotions and feelings during the stage that you were going through? Mm. Both from discovering you're pregnant, things you had to overcome, how you did it. Confusion. Forgiveness. My goodness, confusion, exactly. Anger, mm -hmm. frustration, um, resentment. Towards who? Towards him. Okay. Because I'd felt like because he hadn't proposed just like that, I wasn't considering him. Okay. It's only now that I will accept that on my part as well, perhaps I, I was putting immense pressure because he was young. I mm -hmm. was also young. Mm -hmm. But, you know, girls, we tend to... I think folds more to the idea of marriage because I don't know. It's just a nature. Mm. Every girl wants to, no, no, not every girl, but then most mm -hmm. women like that fairy tale mm -hmm. of the knight in shining armor to rescue them or whatever. We all see ourselves as a princess or whatever mm -hmm. from when we were children. I guess that's what I'm not trying to envelope everyone, mm. but then obviously that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of resentment towards him, but with time came healing mm -hmm. and understanding okay. and trying to understand what he was going through as well as what I was going through. Mm. And he understood what I was going through. Okay. And um, fast forward 12 years later, mm -hmm. we're here. We've got three kids. Wow. And... I wouldn't have changed. <laughs> I wouldn't have changed anything. The drama, everything. Mm -hmm. It helped us. Even mm -hmm. that separation, that trial separation period. Right. Yeah. It made, it helped us silence other people's voices. Mm -hmm. And to just the two of us. Because when the lights go off, it's just me and him. Mm -hmm. And that's what we needed to learn. Okay. So it was a learning curve. Yeah. And we're here. That's awesome. Then when you bring in the child aspect of it, you know how when you're pregnant, your child picks up your vibes, mm -hmm. whether it's rejection or your anger, whatever you're going through as the mom, 
the child can grow up with those unless mm. if, if you don't deal with that how did you how did you manage that and what's your relationship like with your son now or then and now you know what I blamed myself that he was born premature because okay. I had severe hypertension okay when I was pregnant with him and it was um, um it, it was a terrible time. And I felt for the longest time a lot of shame and blame on my part because I felt like if only I had learned how to control my emotions, mm -hmm. my blood pressure wouldn't have shot up. Okay. I was going through a lot of stuff. I had just been introduced to a new family. Mm. This guy was also still young. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I was yeah. looking at him expecting too much mm -hmm. that he couldn't give because of his age and also what he was going through mm. on, on his part. And uh, my body probably wasn't ready as well because okay. I was young. Because yeah. you see that preeclampsia, which is what I was suffering from, okay. is very... Uh, aggressive in people that have children at a very young age. Mm. Mm. And as you get older, it's not as severe. I had severe preeclampsia and he was born at 800 grams. He could fit in my palm. Okay. Mm. But um, after he was born, the bond that we had, I remember the first day I saw him, he was mm. born on the 13th of July. I had the C-section at eight in the morning. I saw him on the 14th for the first time. And Dr. Bannerman, shout out to you, mm -hmm. uh, who was my pediatrician at that time, said something to me that made our relationship stronger. And from then on, it mm -hmm. gave me strength. Okay. And the blame wasn't as strong when he did this. Mm -hmm. This is an exercise that he just did. I was in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, do you hear that there's everyone speaking around you? Nurses going mm -hmm. about their business. There were children crying. And he had like a heart rate monitor mm -hmm. uh, clipped onto his little finger. And he said, start speaking. When I started speaking, his heart rate started going up. Wow. So he says to me, do you see the type of um, power you have as a mother? So you have to be here every day, even mm. if you get discharged. You have to be here every day. He has to know mm. that you are there in, in order for him to grow and, and, fight. and to fight. Mm -hmm. And that for me, I think it has shaped our relationship with mine and all wow. my other kids because I have to be present mm. because the power that I have mm. as a mother is... When you show up, yeah. There were noises all around. But when I started speaking, guys, mm. his heart, he was like, I know that person. This is my Yay. person. Wow. And it was That's a powerful amazing. moment. Yeah. 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 So there is, That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Adiona. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, lovely. Wow. That was actually really deep. Yeah. Shout out to that doctor. Like, uh, I know. I actually think he's I the know. best, though. Like, mm. he is he so is. good. He's such a good doctor. He is he's a amazing. great doctor. You know that whole, I know I'm divulging, but we're talking children. Yeah, we right? are. <laughs> you know that whole thing in our culture, when you have a boy child, you're supposed to squeeze milk onto his items so mm. that you can pull the skin down and whatever. Yeah. Do you know what Dr. Bannerman said to me? Because mm. I went now, he was like, um, a day I was like seven or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, me, I never did this. Or six, I never did this. What is this? And he's like, no, there's no such thing. Who told you to do that? When he is 12 or 13, it will separate by itself. Mm -hmm. There's no mm -hmm. need to be squeezing milk and pouring things <laughs> and whatever onto the child. Yeah. If there's a challenge and it does not separate, then he goes and gets a little surgical nip exactly. and it will separate by itself. Yeah. And I'm like... 
But our culture also. Do you know people made me feel so bad about not doing that? They even made me put like a coin on his guvu so that the, it goes in. Ah, uh, guys. And then when we took the coin off, like a bit of skin came off with the tape. Do you know my mother and I were like, never again. We're not listening to these black mm. myths. We're Whoa. just going to stop. Like, yeah, no, Dr. Bannerman's the boss, man. He Shut is. Up. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting stuff to say, Tari. <laughs> we might as well get to you now. Please tell us your story. Oh, wow. Okay, like the that. Interesting, the good, <laughs> the bad. <sighs> Woo, right. So, um, I was in university. I just literally just mumbled over that. I was in university mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, when I got pregnant. I was in my third year. And um, it was, or oh, the father of my child is a f- was is a family friend. Um, I don't know if the friendship is still there in the se- <laughs> in that sense because a lot happened between um, then and now. So I was in university. Mm, I would call it and. This is my truth, right? And mm. I'm, I'm not saying this to hurt anybody or anything. I would call it infatuation because we were really good friends. And um, in retrospect, I, I I use that word so much. If I had to pay a dollar for each time I said retrospect, <laughs> mm. I would say it would have been better to leave it as, as that, as friends, mm. and not you okay. know take it a step further. Okay. But we decided we were going to try this relationship thing. Um, but we weren't quite in a relationship per se, right? Okay. Um, and then I started getting sick. Mm-hmm. I was in uni, I was at my aunt's house, and I remember vividly sitting in the shower with the shower, like, pounding on me, and I'm thinking, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, I literally said that and I'm like I'm pregnant but I was like I'm not gonna check no it can't be and I thought back to the possible time could have happened and I'm like oh yeah yeah there's no running away from this this is what happened this is where we're at this is what's happening because I was so sick I couldn't stand the only thing I could eat was eggs okay um and not just any eggs Mm -hmm. like either boiled or scrambled. Mm. That's it. Anything else, I was sick. And not sick as in like puking, but feeling like puking. Mm-hmm. And then I had terrible runs. Okay. If anything was cooked with green pepper or it was beef, I was sick. Mm-hmm. And so I just knew. And I was suffering in silence because I'm at my aunt's house. My cousins still are cooking. there as well. <laughs> um, and I couldn't really say because I wasn't sure. I was just like, mm, something's off. It's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just before the December holiday. Oh, it okay. was December holiday or something before I came back home. And then I came home and it got worse. And I was just like, mm-mm. And then I said, I'm not saying anything because I didn't want my parents to then say, you're not going back to school, you're going to stay here, whatever. I just didn't mm. say anything. Mm-hmm. Then I went back to school in February. And the moment I got back to school, I went and I spoke to a friend, the girlfriend of his roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to her and she's like, you know what, just get a pregnancy test and do the test and whatever. Because I had been talking to her. Um, she's Zambian. I don't know where she is now. But I, I was talking to her before. And she was like, get a pregnancy test and just do the test. And I was like, gosh, I don't want to. I didn't want to. I really, I knew, but I didn't want to know, mm-hmm. right? 
now we're three months down the line, mm-hmm. right? So I went, I got the pregnancy test. The day I was doing the test, my roommate says, ha, you know, I don't understand how people can say they made a mistake and get pregnant. There's no such thing. It's not even possible. Blah, blah, blah. And she went on. She was on a rampage about this conversation about unplanned pregnancies and whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I went, I took the test, came back, and I just put it on the counter. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Why didn't you even talk to me about it? Why didn't you tell me so that I don't, you know, like I was running my mouth. And I was like, no, it's okay. It's, you know, it is Mm. what it is. I knew, but I needed to confirm. Mm. So I went to the doctors and whatever. And then came the time to call him and tell him Mm -hmm. that I'm pregnant. So I call. We're sitting in my roommate's room and I call um, and turns a roommate, flatmate's room, and I call, and he's like, uh, it's not mine. Just like mm-hmm. that? I was just like, what do you mean? Right? And he's like, yeah, no, it's not mine. I don't know what you did, but that's not mine. I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't hang up now, and then we're busy, like, and she's like, what did he say? What did he say? And I'm like, he says it's not his. Can you imagine? And we both flipped out, like, went on a tangent, and then all you heard from the phone was like, Hello, I'm still here. Whoa. I actually cut the phone. I was like, I watched the massage. The massage that he heard it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he said it wasn't his and he maintained that until um, my son was born. So I okay. went through a period of having to deal with a lot of emotions within the mm. six months before he came. So I dealt with the rejection. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I dealt with the disappointment because after that I had to call my parents and tell them that I was pregnant. So after I found out and I did the test the next day, I remember it so vividly. I was in the basement car park of Senate House at Vitz University and my friend Tanaka was standing with me mentioned him in the last podcast Um, and he literally held my hand and was like, it's time to do it, bruh. Just pick up the phone and call. Like, there's no other way of doing it. So I called my mom and I was just like, Mom, I'm pregnant. And she's like, Huh? What? And I was just like, Yeah. And she goes, Who's? And so then I tell her and she goes, Finish, but how? You know, mm-hmm. like random parents' questions. Um, and then she's like, okay, let me process and whatever. It was done. Carried on with life, doctor's appointments, you know, things like that. And I would say I really had a good support system in the friends that I had. And then I also had to tell my aunt, who was in SA, the one that I stayed with a lot. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a very easy conversation, but she was also very gracious about how she handled it. Yes, she gave me her lecture, mm-hmm. um, but then after the first lecture, it was done. She was now on, okay. are you taking your vitamins? Are you are you mm-hmm. doing what you need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point, so I always had this whole guilt and shame because I knew I disappointed people and whatever. And then at one point, my friend said to me, do you realize you're the only one that knows that this was not planned? Nobody else needs to know that. So stop carrying yourself the way you do. Like Mm. when you Mm. walk into a shop and you're looking for baby clothes, they don't know that you didn't plan this. Mm. They just know you're having a baby. So stop acting like it, right? Stop acting like you, the whole, you you need to apologize to the entire world Mm. for this mistake that you've made. 
And that for me really changed everything because then it allowed me to start enjoying the pregnancy as well. Um, because I think about that time, the morning sickness had ended and whatever. Like, I think it was about five, around five months. Um, so even at school, when I did then tell my lecturers and whatever. And I guess also for them, it was a bit weird. Why is this chick telling us she's pregnant? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, so I did tell them and then I kind of explained to them that, you know, I'm going to give birth around this time. And after the first, after six weeks, because I had spoken to my doctors and whatever, after six weeks, I'll be back. So I'll take a break between six weeks. And I think I only missed a few weeks of school because it kind of coincided with a break or something. Um, but I caught up everything that I needed to catch up. And immediately after my son was born, I went back to school. Mm. Um, I had a C-section, by the way, so it was healing from that um, with a newborn. My mom came down to stay with us in South Africa. Um, so that was really helpful in the sense that I knew that my mom was there. She was there for the first five, six months of his life because we then came back to Zim in December. My dad didn't speak to me until I was about eight months pregnant. Um, so that's a good five months that he didn't speak mm. to me because he was upset, disappointed, you know, the norm. Um, and when he finally did speak to me, he was coming to South Africa and he just saw me and all he saw was this huge round stomach. I was tiny, so <laughs> the stomach was very evident, right? And I think that in itself was a shock to him because he probably didn't believe it until mm. he saw me. Um, but then if you think about it now, the, his relationship with his grandson is out of this world like it's actually a bit annoying sometimes it's like get a room like why are you behaving this way you know and yeah what expectations did you have when you picked up the phone to call them and were there any disappointments in how they responded there were no disappointments (laughs) there were no disappointments in how they responded Mm -hmm. i mean i kind of expected that and i think i was an autopilot a lot of the time during my pregnancy Mm -hmm. And um, with my, when my son was born, I think there were a lot of times on autopilot because after I'd have people say to me, but Sha, you don't call and tell your parents by yourself. Someone else does it. You know, someone does it on your behalf. You don't do it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. But to me, it was just, I suppose the relationship I had with my mother was such that I could entrust her with that information. And I'm guessing a lot of people that rely on other people to communicate is are people that don't have a relationship with the person that they have to tell this news to. So despite the fact that it was a very difficult conversation to have, we still had it. Um, There were no, I knew they were going to be disappointed. I knew they were going to be upset about it because one for my mother, it was a shock that, ah, my child's not a virgin. She's sleeping with people and you know, she's Christian. And so I think for her, it was actually more about our moral values and, you know, the expectations she had for me and whatever that came crashing down at that moment in time. Um, and for me, it was just, I've disappointed them. That was all I was thinking about. And which then made me push a lot harder to then accomplish what I needed to regardless. So I was always of the mindset, Yogudi, I am not going to slack in terms of um, what needs to be done with school and whatever, I'm going to finish in the time that I am meant to finish. I don't want to have stories where I drop out of school and then I never get back to it. I didn't mm. want any of that. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. Okay. So literally after my six-week visit with mm. the doctor, mm-hmm. next day I was back at school. Okay. Would right. you say that helped your, your journey with this pregnancy, the fact that you 
didn't have to drop out of school and that you were in a different place from home, considering how in Zimbabwe, I do not think people would have been that graceful and allowed you to own it. I think being in a different country helped one. Mm -hmm. Two, I didn't also want that whole I didn't want Mm. that because I was like, I don't want to be someone's burden. So similar mm-hmm. to what Adriana said, mm-hmm. I don't want to be someone's burden. I don't want someone to then say, I'm stuck with you only because you got pregnant. So mm-hmm. I was forced yes. on you or mm-hmm. whatever. I didn't want that. Okay. So, And I'm glad that my parents didn't think like that because my parents didn't even consider mm-hmm. 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 They didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was literally, it helped being in a different country okay. because there was also less chatter. My grandmother gave me the most sound advice and I apologize, but my titties were, at that time, we didn't have a really good relationship. Now that I'm older, our relationship is better. Mm-hmm. But at that time with some of them, it was just rocky. And one would, in particular, would call and be like, my nini, sakamazati, my my So my grand, after one day where she called and I was crying and I was like, titties just stressing me and whatever. And she's like, sha. Just be clever about it, right? Mm. And since that day, I've learned how to not use too much emotion mm. on certain things. You know, mm. it saved me because whenever it got too deep, like, I'm to zim to bowao, I'm to say, who is it? Whatever, you know. And then for me, things like mutupo and whatever really didn't matter. Like, mm. why would I need to know? A dude's mutubo for what purpose? It wasn't something that motivated me. Mm-hmm. I knew yeah. his name. I knew her surname. Mm-hmm. I knew where they were from, mm-hmm. as in where they lived. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, like, so it was all these things that they would say that was just, in my mind, I kept, now I keep thinking, you know, sometimes we waste, which is what motivated me to start the podcast on single parenting. Mm. We waste so much time on expressing our disappointment and our expectations mm. and how we feel to the person who's going through it, that we don't even take time to consider what they're going through. Mm -hmm. They have disappointments. They have expectations. Mm -hmm. They know what they've lost because they have lost something, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Even though they're gaining something positive. Mm -hmm. They're going through the most, despite the fact that sometimes some are hormones. Mm. Right? They're Mm. going through the most already. So why must we now come and put our issues Onto them. Right. Right? Like, you can have your issues. Deal with them by yourself. Mm. Don't come and put them onto people. Yeah. So when after, like, I think probably when my son was about two or whatever, my mom and I started having these conversations. Mm -hmm. Because my mother takes youth. And I'm not the first and I won't Mm. be the last. Mm. There are so many more coming Mm. along, you know, Mm. that that are going to go through the same thing. Mm. And she started realizing this and having this conversation, right? And she was like, you know, this is, for me, it was, from my perspective, this is what I was going through. And then I also gave her from my perspective. And then I mentioned the whole expectations, like, we know you're disappointed. There's no need for you to keep. And she's like, you know what, you've got a point because we never think about that. We are just thinking, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I expected you to be whatever, whatever. Your expectations as the mother Mm -hmm. of the person who's just done what they've done. Yeah is very different from their expectations. And whether or not she was going to accomplish your expectations is a whole entire different story because those are unspoken expectations. You don't know what I want with my life. Mm. You have your own expectations, right? You think, Mm. she's going to get married, she's going to do this, she's going to... What if I don't want? Right. Right? Like, this is why when Chelsea, in the previous episode, mentioned that, you know, she even considered not getting married, Mm. I I, I said, "Mm, your mother's not going to cope well with that because her mother's probably assuming... 
and is expecting her to get married. She's to expecting mm-hmm. to walk her down the aisle. Right. Because they, she, those are her expectations. But right. she hasn't spoken to her child to understand what her child wants. Okay. And this is where, as African parents, we lack because we don't have these conversations. No. If you simply talk to your child and understand who they are and what drives them, you realize that your expectations and theirs are very different. Mm. So tell us about your... Yes, you are, girl. (laughs) You might as well get into the issues of inner healing. Tell us about Mm. your forgiveness process, how you had to forgive this guy for the rejection, forgive all these voices, Mm. even from your loved ones, Mm. forgiving yourself. Tell us about that. Mm. From three months to nine months, I think I've done the most crying in that period and time than I have for a very long time. Wow. I cried. And I feel like as a result, this is why my son is as emotional as he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I cried. I would just cry. I would listen to soppy music. I would cry almost all the time. I don't think there was a day that went by without me crying. Mm. And it was crying because I was so mad at him mm-hmm. for saying it's not his child. Okay, mm. I was so mad at him for not being there. I was so mad... At the fact, because we were a close-knit circle. So mm-hmm. my roommate, at that point, I think her now husband, mm-hmm. she was dating her now husband, and they were friends. Okay. They went to high school together. Mm-hmm. It was like one little circle of these George's boys mm-hmm. and, you know, these Harare boys and Harare girls. And I was by default a Harare girl because of my roommate, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. despite the fact that I grew up in Matari. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, it was this close-knit. So whenever we went out or whatever, right, it was always good to, so is he still refusing? Is he still behaving like this? It, mm. it was always the topic of conversation, right? Mm. And then now it turns out that they would even say bad things about me, mm. right, Be, behind mm. my back. So they would, in, in front of me, be like, oh, he's so mad, whatever, whatever, right? And then behind my back say nasty things like, you know, is it even his? Maybe she's actually right. Like it was just, mm, it was yeah. just tangents. So now hey. when I, and I'm glad I didn't know that then because I think it would have broken me a lot more. But having said that, mm-hmm. when I gave birth to my son, they were all outside in the car park. So literally when my mother texted to say he's here, mm-hmm. they were there for two days. Cause I went, I went into labor like on Thursday and mm-hmm. then I gave birth on Saturday evening. Okay. They were there for two days. Like, they would go and come back, go and come back. And when my mom texted to say the baby's here, they all ka And, like, I literally heard them from my hospital bed. Mm. Like, I heard the... <laughs> Whatever, mm-hmm. right? And so in terms of that, they really did stand the gap okay. for their friend mm-hmm. who was just being a nuisance. And then when they saw him, they were like, oh, my God, this man is such a fool. This mm. kid looks exactly like him. How can you say it's not him, mm. right? Like, there's no denying the fact that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So by the time that happened, I was at a stage where I was like, I know exactly what I want and it's mm. not him. Mm-hmm. So even when he decided, okay, I'm going to that's my child and whatever, I knew I don't want anything from him. I don't want okay. a relationship from him. Mm-hmm. I Even if it means we don't talk, it's also okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want that because he had already made this decision, I realized then that it was infatuation. I went through the notions of knowing that this wasn't actually going where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I was to consider a lifetime with this person, mm-hmm. I would not cope because there okay. were a lot of tendencies and things that he did that I can just not deal with. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, fast forward, my father at some point went, could say, you know, when you then have a child and you want to um, get into a new relationship with somebody else, mm. are you sure? You know, as men, we always make a mistake because then he was talking about how he did the same thing and refused Mwana and then he realized, could say, you know what, I need to be mature about it. He's like, we do this. Are you sure? And I was like, you know what? Mm. I am 100% certain. Mm-hmm there's no way mm-hmm. that is going to work. There's no way. So it was not just him that rejected me, mm-hmm. his family too, because okay. his mother was adamant. And she's like, huh, my son says it's not his. It's not his. So it's not his. Did right? she know you? Did they know you? They, well, my dad and his dad were really close friends. Okay. So they worked together, right? Okay. Um, and at this time, she was just like Jack. And he's a mommy's boy. Through okay. Through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that what I think was one of my dad's fears when he found out who was the father of the child. He was just like, but my child, why? Why <laughs> would you do this to yourself? <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, so it was his family as well. And then at some point they realized, well, do you know what? Wow. And, but till this day, they have not formally acknowledged my child, Pachivan. Wow. Mm. That's an interesting one. But they want him to visit. They call and say, good our baby, what, what, what. But they have not respected my parents enough exactly. to mm. come and say, you know what, Takaresha mm-hmm. and mm. When my son's grandfather died, my father felt really bad because they were close friends. Mm-hmm. And because of Mwana, we went to the funeral. So mm-hmm. it was my parents my son and I, mm-hmm. we went to the funeral and my dad went through, my dad's very emotional, mm-hmm. man. He went through so many emotions because he had been wanting to reconnect mm. with him. Okay. Right. He's been wanting to reconnect with him. And when he passed away, he was now beating himself up from not actually taking the step to doing it. Mm. And he was still holding on to his anger and his issues and not then allowing that healing process to happen. Mm. Right. When we were there, now it turns out because people, other people, harare, harare kids, they now talk. Now Takuraga, mm. we're adults. Now they say, a friend of mine who didn't know me then was like, you know, we were just like, who is this baby? Who's this chick that's claiming to have Manoa? You know, at the funeral, this light chick was just, this was a complexion. That we're talking about in colorism. Mm. You know, she's just here looking all bougie and stuff at the funeral. What's mm. going on? What not? What's her story? What's her guan? And I'm prepared to be this horrible baby mama. Mm. You know, typical baby mama drama. Mm. Sha, I'm not even like that, Sha. I mm-hmm. don't call. I won't text. I won't harass you, Sha. Mm. You know, Kuti, you have a whole child. Mm. So now I'm at this, now I'm at the stage where I am now looking back. So my son turned 10 and I was thinking, I've lived a whole 10 years of this, right? Mm. And I'm not starting to... I'd forgotten some of the trauma that I went through, hey? Mm. Um, because it wasn't easy. Like, yeah. the before was its own challenge. Mm. The after my son was there was another challenge because you have people liking posts and saying, oh, my nephew, so cute, what, 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 on Facebook. And you're thinking... Your nephew's so cute, mm. but you do nothing in person. Second, there's social media, mm. you know? Or, you know, people that just are MIA, not mm. there, you know? 
and they pick and choose when to appear, you know, like magicians, mm. like, ha, voila, we're here. Hi. <laughs> and then next thing, bah, it's black, we're gone. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's been, yeah, I went through a lot of emotions. Okay. Just thinking back, I'm like, hey, I could write an entire book. Wow. Thanks for being so vulnerable and sharing this with us. I'm sure it's not easy. No. no. I actually almost teared up at some point just thinking back. I'll let I you breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cynthia, since you, um, your message is mental wellness and mm. just, you know, being empowered in, in knowing your mental state, right? Yeah. What, what's your comment on, on this whole thing? How would you speak into the issue of young girls who get unplanned pregnancies? What, what, What's the thought process like that triggers things like wanting to commit suicide, wanting to abort, and all that stuff? Hmm. So, for me, I guess I'll, I'll just give a, a, a brief of my own mm-hmm. unplanned pregnancy. Um, I was also in uni and I was in my third year, or well, going into third year. And so... Here we are with my on and off sort of person, and I found I I I just I just started feeling sick, and it was close to time the time when we were supposed to go home, and I just thought okay I'm just gonna take a test mm-hmm. because you do the math you do the 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 you know look at the calendars and the dates and you're like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. So I took the test with my housemate and she was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's sitting there mm-hmm. and, and was looking at this, you know, test results. And she's like, what are we going to do? Because your parents, how are we going to tell your parents? How are we going to tell your dad? You know, she's freaking out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call them and tell them. Because with the way I'm feeling, mm. so what I had imagined was I was going to pass out or something on the bus and then they would just be like, ah, but this is a pregnant woman. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I just, I just imagined that and I was like, mm, I don't want them to find out that, that way. way. <laughs> so I'm going to tell them before I get onto this bus to go home. Mm. And so I called my dad. And I, I like how Tare said she spoke to her mom because they had that sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not like we had that sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. But in the order of how things happened in our home, I knew that if I told anyone else first, he would just like reject the whole story and he'd be like, deal with it. And it didn't. So for me, it was to quench the fire that was coming. <laughs> um, so I called him. And I, I, I spoke to him and he's like, he says to me, okay, very formally. And he says, I'll, we'll handle it when you get home. And I had no idea what handle it meant, but we were going to handle it when I got home. And I was like, so I haven't told anyone else. I haven't told mom or any of your sisters. You're the first person in the family to know. And that was legit. Like I hadn't even spoken to my sisters about it or anyone outside my friends who were with me and him. Um, And this is, you know, just rewind to when I told 
the father of the child, I said, I'm pregnant. This is the result. And he's like, I don't believe it. I was like, okay, you can buy a test. I'll do, I'll, you know, I'll redo it. And he's like, um, okay, whatever. But, you know, obviously we can't handle this. We're both young. We're still trying to be in school and finish whatever we're doing in school. So no one has time to be parenting right now. And you know we weren't even together. And so I was like, yeah, of course I know we weren't together. This was everyone's mistake. So I think I own my part. You own your part of the mistake. And this is where we're at. And he's like, well, so we're obviously going to have to go the route of termination. And I was like, I don't believe in that. Um, in terms of my value system, I'm a Christian and I don't believe in doing that. I don't believe in abortion. And he said, so handle it then. I don't know how you're going to handle it, but I'm not having a part of it. So then fast forward, I go home and my parents are just shocked and they're trying to deal with this. My dad barely spoke to me in that semester break. And the family was alerted, the wider family. So this is my parents' siblings. And and there's a whole caucus about what are we going to do, you know. <laughs> um, and so my uncle's, my oldest uncle, says she's going back to school. We know kids upset us and whatever, but she's almost done. Let's let her finish, you know, let her finish. Because this is our money, but she can carry on yes <laughs> um so I went back pregnant and I'm now about what three months or so and it was hard you know just being pregnant I was also small and carrying this huge pregnancy and I was doing some of the toughest modules in my degree in that time so it was heavy physically and emotionally emotionally there's this person who is saying and now his his narrative was it's not mine I was barely in the country so I don't I don't I don't know what she was doing and this is his narrative to everyone and and as it as it always happens there's this circle of friends that is in common this common circle of friends <laughs> So it's like you're trying to beat each other's narrative, but mm -hmm. you're the pregnant one, Ka. Mm. You're the one carrying the evidence <laughs> of this mess up. Mm. Mm. So he's like, no, I know nothing about that. I'm moving on with my life. You know, she's just trying to trap me. And she just couldn't deal with the fact that we broke up and she's been trying to cling on to this relationship. It was long over. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, How did that make you feel? It was... I did feel really rejected and really angry. Mm. And I literally cut myself off from anyone in common, anyone we had in common who was not on my side. And I had to physically cut myself off and start, you know, I, I, and I blocked people on Facebook um, didn't pick up calls from certain people. My messages from certain people were blocked. I didn't look at his page or any of his contacts. But, you know, you would have all these people in common that were on your feed and you're looking at this and they're progressing, you know. They're going out, they're doing things with him. And I'm like, hmm, 
Someone's life is moving. That was and the difficult part, mm. that one. And Definitely. Yours is literally mm-hmm. stagnant because you are literally just, you've got this thing, right? <laughs> you've got this pregnancy. You've got this person growing in your body. Mm. So you physically, even if you wanted to just go out there and show them, you couldn't physically do it wasn't an everyday <laughs> thing. most of that. Right. So there I was going through all this and I felt rejected. I felt really angry and that's why I cut people off. I was like, even if you were somewhat a friend right now, mm. you're not my friend. What I considered friends were people who stood by me and at least cared enough to believe and hear my side of the story. Mm. Because I think when we get into such situations, we label and mm-hmm. we leave it at the label and you are known by that label. So I was the girl who was a bitter ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. just trying to trap this this guy because yeah, he, was, yeah, trip, he was this hot ah. thing. Uh, so <laughs> you were trying to trap him because you're this desperate chick. Hmm? And so it was tough. And to his family, he hadn't really told them. Because you were lying. Because I was lying. Mm. So when my aunts were calling to say, this is what's happening. Yes, but we are coming. <laughs> you know, uh, they were like, oh, so you got this. Wow. Um, so that was the story in the time that I was at school. Then when I got back, I was about seven months or so. And my aunts were like, okay, we're going to have to go. Um, we don't want to, but we're going to have to because that's the only way these people will acknowledge who we are and that you exist and that this is happening. Because they had sat down, they had sat down and agreed that as a family, they were going to stand by me and support me. And because of how complex the situation was, especially because we weren't together and there was all this mess of, um, is it yours? Is it, you know, his family questioning all of that. Um, they had just said, we're going to support her and this baby. And if this family completely refuses to be involved, we will handle everything from this point forward. And so they, they, they're, my, our going to their home and speaking to his parents about this was just to get an acknowledgement of this is happening and we don't want to be involved. It was their last chance to say whether or not they were going to be involved. And so we went there and they said, okay, we didn't know anything about this. Um, so what do we do now? They're both young. They're both in school. What's the plan? And... My aunt said, well, we are not forcing our child into anything. This is just for you to acknowledge this child that she's carrying, not for you to accept a wife. We have not brought a wife. We've brought this child here to show you that your son did something. And um, so he eventually came and because he wasn't home at the time. So when he got home, his parents now sit him down and they're like, dude, were you not, why, why weren't you saying the full extent of what happened? Because we're now hearing this story from this girl's perspective and dude, <laughs> you know, you fumbled. So I respect them for the fact that they, they are, I think, older and wiser in that they didn't just, they, they never treated me badly in any sort of rejection, like a, you know, they were shocked by what, hap- what happened and, you know, they weren't happy, obviously, but 
they just said, you know what, we're sorry that he did this to you and he put you through this. But if you say this is his child, why would you lie? Why would you go through so much work to come here with a whole eight-month-old pregnancy to say this is your son's child? Mm. I, we, we don't understand why you would do that. Okay. So we believe you. What was your relationship like with, with, with him? Wait, was it a case of a friendship thing like what Tari said? Were you guys in love and then he just turned on you? I think we loved each other, but mm. in a very toxic way. Okay. In that we were two people with a lot of emotional issues, just just not settled. And this is in your youth where mm. your head is all over the place. So when you date and you hook up and you're in these relationships, it's like this toxic sort of love-hate. Mm -hmm. And we're so good together when it's good, but when it's bad, it's real bad. Mm. You know, it's, it's this toxic nonsense that is perpetuated by a lot of media <laughs> okay and okay. so yeah that's what it was like we had this really good connection right this really good friendship at the base of it mm -hmm. and that's how we kept falling into some level of we're back together mm. or okay i've moved on but 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 have i really so it was just right. back and forth okay. because of this connection okay but for us i think at this point it was is our connection strong enough to carry us to the next stage? Because this is real life stuff. Mm -hmm. And we had this conversation now and he's like, um, you know what, I, I, I've always known this was my baby. And it's just really difficult to accept because I have so much I still want to do. And I don't want to be a parent, a husband right now. I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't even think you are. But but I I do I do know I don't want to leave this child and be that guy who never showed up, you know. And so that's the conversation we now had after his parents were like, "What are you doing? Because we didn't raise you like this. This is not the person we raised." And I think for me seeing him at home was seeing the person I fell in love with because it was seeing the grounded person who was connected to values and these, this, this depth of character, which was never there when you were, when you were in the club, when you're, you know, mm. <laughs> on the social scene, you're not that person. And we do things for the culture, as they say, <laughs> we're so, <laughs> And there's this, this that's why I said it's perpetuated in a lot of our media where a lot of young people have these traits that are just, it's good for the, the feed and for our posts, but it's not, it's not likable. Like if, if I show a 23-year-old holding a baby, a 23-year-old man holding a baby and saying, this is the, fa the, the child I, I am going to father for the rest of my life, people are like, uh, okay. <laughs> why you know because people want this you know this rock star sort of life where it's just the lights it's not the real stuff mm -hmm. so for me we had these real moments in that time when I went to his house mm, wow when you look at the dreams you had growing up and your younger sister mm. most of us who have young sisters care about what they think of us Mm -hmm. um, so when you look at that and you look at the dreams and goals you had and then you look at the different path your life took, how did you reconcile all of that in your journey? 
So if, um, I think when it comes to the dreams I had, I shelved a lot of myself. I shelved a lot of my dreams when I fell pregnant and mm -hmm. became mom because eventually we decided to get married and, you know, we settled down together. And I had finished school by this time. Okay, so before you carry on, mm -hmm. um, would you like to also tell us about how this has, how your relationship with your husband came to where it is now, mm -hmm. given that you had this experience before? How did you guys get through it? Okay. And your relationship now, the love that you have for each other, for the child? So I remember, um, I remember the conversation we had, like I'll, I'll, I'll say, I think in our life we've had um, some very significant conversations that have been a turning point in our relationship. So I think that conversation we had at their house um, before I went back to, before I went back home was a point where we spoke about the relationship that wasn't anymore because we were exes but pregnant and um, we spoke about how how would we navigate going forward because he had been seeing someone at the time and this was now him saying okay so I was had, I had moved on with my life and obviously you couldn't move on but um, this was me this was both of us trying to figure out if this was going to work because I said to him, you had rejected me openly and privately as well. Because you had said there's nothing here and we can't mend anything here. We already broken up for whatever reason. And so if you're saying you want to be a part of my life, I'm not ready yet to be co-parents. I'm not that person yet. And I will not um, say anything to, to appease any spirits here if you want to be co-parents, then I'm out. I am done. I am. I'm, I would rather be a single mom than be a co-parent because I'm not ready to accept that you're with someone else and you're moving on with your life and building a new life when you've just sort of messed up mine, you know. And he said to me, well, I think I want to move on with you. I don't want to carry on this relationship. And I was like, okay, I don't really believe you, but okay, whatever. And because I think I d developed some level of a tougher exterior, especially because I, I had gone through the eight months on my own. So this was me like finding myself again, finding my individuality in this space because I was like this child needs a parent he's not doing it so I'm gonna do it for the both of us and so I was sort of building myself up emotionally and so at this point where he's saying no I think I, I want to be with you I was like okay so I'm gonna call some shots because I'm not just coming in as a lamb to the slaughter here I'm coming in and telling you what conditions I will set for this new relationship because if we're saying we're gonna try this then these are my terms because these are the things that went wrong in our relationship before. And so A, B, C, D are things that I won't accept. So things like having some level of a, a another relationship with someone else or 
flirting or things like that with other people. We didn't have an, I didn't want to have an open relationship, so I wasn't going to stand for that. I, I told him openly, this is not what I'm going to, this is what I'm not going to stand for. And you saying you're with someone else and you're, that's, if that's going to end, it has to end. You will not be friends with those people. And they are not part of our tag along team that is going into this next chapter with us. And the people that you've hung out with that have insulted me in this season are no friends of mine. And they shouldn't be your friends either if you care about me. So this, these were things that I was laying out because I, was, I had been hurt. And so these were now my safeguards for my own sanity going forward. Because I was like, I'm so done being hurt by all these people. I'm not carrying them along as we move into the, the, the next stage. Because I won't have the people that said I tried to trap you show up at my kid's birthday. You know, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and so that's, that's what I went through in the process. And I think as, as time would, as we uh, grew in our marriage, he eventually said that time for him was a very hectic time emotionally as well. And he had picked up a lot of bad habits and that's how he got into this relationship with this person and was getting entangled in all of this uh-huh. because he was, trying so, he was trying so hard to run away from mm. his reality. Okay. So interesting. He was like, all my my acting out was because I was running so fast and I wanted to run the furthest from you okay. and what was happening because something in me kept pulling me back to I need to deal with this. Okay. Oh wow. Wow. So yeah, that that was his side. That was his I, side. Yeah. Can I ask both of you a question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, when <laughs> you've built it up so much, <laughs> right? When girls say I've had an unplanned pregnancy, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Did the pill fail you? Did, <laughs> were you put under pressure mm-hmm. to do it without protection? Okay. Did he really just seduce you into just let's just do it? Don't worry. I got you. Like, what? what's that all about? Because last time, mm-hmm. Cynthia, you said there's no such thing as a pregnancy. just happens mm-hmm. type thing, type thing. Yeah. So what's this? Um, yeah. Who's going first? Should I? Okay. Um, okay, I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think unplanned pregnancy. For you? For me. Um, meant... I wasn't on any um, contraceptives, Mm -hmm. like on any pill or any injections or anything like that. I didn't believe in doing that before marriage. Mm -hmm. So here's the the ironic thing is I believed in no sex before marriage. Okay. But I did it. And consciously, knowing that I'm going against what I value. Mm -hmm. But I think it's that whole thing of you don't hold your value on a certain level yet. So Mm -hmm. you sort of cross the lines here and there, play Mm. with fire, and (laughs) you sort of (laughs) dabble and you, you know. Um, So that was it for me. I I crossed that line and in as much as I knew I could always go back and not do it again, Mm -hmm. I just carried on because, yeah, I I was young and I could be free and whatever. And it's just a lot of things I, I told myself 
to come forward myself and say, it's all right, carry on, mm. <laughs> you know. As you were. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that moment was... was just no protection because we had formed some level of you're a safe person. Right. So by you're a safe person, I mean this was someone who, if I wanted to stop doing what I was doing, mm. he would respect that and stop. If okay. I wanted to um, use protection, he would use protection. So when you get to that level of trust with someone and they've been a somewhat long-term partner, mm-hmm. you get to that level where you're comfortable mm-hmm. and you relax. So all the, the jitteriness goes away. Mm-hmm. So you let down your guard mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. Okay. So everything you're supposed to do to safeguard yourself and protect yourself sort of just... It's like, ah, this is, like I said, a safe person. Mm-hmm. So that's how it was. The familiarity is where is the breeding ground for all these things. Right. And that's that's what it was for me. The emotional familiarity and the physical familiarity of I know this person and you know, we had been tested, things like that, mm. you know. So it was safe. Okay. And I, I, I feel like especially in that time, I was more scared of diseases than I was pregnancy. Okay. Some, somehow, that was the thing. Mm. And so that's how it happened for me. Okay. Cynthia thought about Jikuru Gan. It's actually good she went first because then she covered all that, you know, like diplomatically put. Um, <laughs> what a pregnancy. <laughs> You're just going to go in. I know, I was just going to go uncut, raw. Um... Inini, for me, the day I conceived my son was a day where um, me, I like to think myself a G, yeah? Mm. I like to think mm. of myself as a G. And I'd always heard people say, hey, straw rum, straw rum, what, what, what? It's uh, the moment you drink it, you go punk. Wah, wah, wah. I'm like, yeah. Come on, mm. what are you saying? Bring it on. We can show you mm. that, you know, you are just weaklings when it comes to this drinking thing, right? And um, so I'd gone out with him and another friend of ours from high school. Um, it was the three of us. And I was like, you know, I've never tried this. And they're like, oh, you haven't? Try. Mm. Today's the day, mm. right? And I was like, cool, bring it on. I had my straw rum there, you know, I think I had like three glasses mm-hmm. of, um, I think, were they single shots or double shots? Anchazia. Um, I had that. And I was like, Ugh, but guys, what are you talking about? I'm still all right. We're like, cool, moved on to the next thing. We went somewhere else. The popular place that people in South Africa go to, which is a cafe during the day and a bar at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it because I don't want to advertise them. Um, <laughs> and then I started drinking because I was a whiskey girl. So I started okay. drinking JMB and lime, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole night, that was what I was drinking. Mm-hmm. We get back. Guys, we're just open in front of I'm sorry for anyone who's going to feel uncomfortable by what I'm going to say, but mm-hmm. we're open and just vulnerable and transparent. Mm. Yeah. So during the duel, I'm like... 
I need to tell him to put on a condom. Mm-hmm. I need to tell him. Mm. But the brain and the mouth just weren't coordinating. Okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I knew <laughs> I should say it out loud. Mm-hmm. I knew I should, like, act. Mm-hmm. But the brain and the mouth were just misfiring. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what alcohol actually does to you. That's when I realized mm-hmm. what, you know, al- when people say good to alcohol, just mm-hmm. it messes up all your inhibitions. Like exactly. it takes them away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was what happened. Like literally brain and mouth misfired. I didn't say anything. And mm-hmm. I took the morning after pill. So what had happened was, what then happened was, I had taken the morning after pill a few weeks before, mm-hmm. mm. just because I've got OCD and I was just like, just in case, mm-hmm. you know, we use the condom, but I was like, just in case, mm-hmm. take the OC- uh, morning after pill. Mm-hmm. So now when I actually needed to use the morning after pill, it didn't, it work. didn't yeah. work. Oh, it didn't work. Yeah, no. that happened for me too. Oh. It didn't work. Mm. So guys out there, mm. if you're going to do it, just know <laughs> that the second time round, it will not work, especially if there's a short distance between the last time you took it and the first time you took it. And they tell you this. They do tell yeah. you. But you think, Kute, ah, maybe the, maybe the, I'm that 1%. Mm, <laughs> the, the, the pharmacist actually once told me, he, he, he said, you do know that this in a woman's lifetime usually works 100% Once. three times only. Really? Yeah. Wow. Only three times in your lifetime. So it means whether you, you space them or whatever. If you've taken he two. <laughs> this is, <laughs> and this was my third one. Oh, snap. So it was, but, but this is what I was saying about safe people. This yeah. was my third one with this person. I was mm. like, eh. and, and we were thinking we were budgies. But this is, this is that thing of thinking it's you're just, untouchable. Exactly. Right. When you're young, you're just stupid. Exactly. You're not untouchable. You know when adults tell you, Goody, you know nothing. You're silly. You Mm. don't believe it, but you are silly. Exactly. Like, if I think about it, right? Mm. Ah, And even Pandaka, I feel I had this thing when I, before I even tested that I was pregnant, what made me even start thinking I was pregnant? Mm -hmm. I was at my friend's house, right? And I had this sharp pain in my chest. And he goes to me, you're pregnant, bruh. And I'm like, ah, why? And hey, my cousin was pregnant and she also felt that sharp pain that you just described. <laughs> hey, what, what, what? I'm like, please. Mm. Lo and behold, hey. guys, ka? <laughs> when it now hits. <laughs> yeah, but that's what when I say unplanned pregnancy is. I mean, like I've said, you've heard in the previous episodes, I am so happy I had my son because mm. I think life would have mm-hmm. been completely different for me. So to me, he is not unplanned. Adiona said it in the right words. Mm. Uti, everything happens for a reason. Mm. Yeah. And you may not understand it at that time, yeah. but there's a reason and purpose for why it happened the way it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. So just going back to how you would help the young girl now who... Yeah may find herself in this position, just speaking about the emotions that lead to certain decisions that mess up with your mental health, what would you say? And how to overcome that? Okay. I would say find yourself again and find your love for yourself again and your, your sense of security in who you are and who you still can be. 
and forgive yourself. Because I think those are all the things I struggled with. I struggled with who was I now? Could I still, did I still have the right to the dreams that I had? Did I still have room to even pursue them? Because I was now this pregnant 21 year old and everyone's like, ah, it's done. From this point, it just goes downhill. And it's the narrative that we get for a lot of girls that get into that position. And so I would also encourage the, the families that are around these girls to say, stop putting pressure on them mm. to just conform to the stereotype of your life is ruined now. Mm. Get into, get in, just get that into your head and live accordingly. Because mm. it's a mindset. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. I remember when I went to buy my supplements mm -hmm. at the pharmacy close to um, where I was studying. Mm -hmm. The pharmacist said to me, this is when he gave me the whole talk about the morning after. He was like, do you go to this school? And I said, yes. And he said, well done. And I said, why? He's mm -hmm. like, you're the first, you're one of the only that I've seen pregnant, still going to school and carrying it the way you are. And I was okay. like, okay. And he's like, you know what? You made a mistake, but your life carries on. Mm -hmm. Carry this child. You can still mother them, but you can carry on. Mm -hmm. So well done. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was one of the best talks I've had in my life mm -hmm. that have propelled me to keep going. Mm. Because I think not many people are told you can keep going. Mm -hmm. Most people are told, get with the program. Mm. You have failed. Mm. Your life is done. And so we carry that shame, we carry the guilt, and we, we go on and we're a shadow of ourselves because we're constantly apologetic for, I'm sorry I did this, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, Tare mentioned telling her lecturers <laughs> she was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's that apologetic uh, demeanor I'm talking about. Like, yeah. it, it was none of their business, really, because they're teaching adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, the reason why I did tell them was more of, I'm going to miss school for a bit, mm. but I'm coming back. Mm. So yeah. don't think I'm not coming back. Because <laughs> in art school, well, at Vits, we started first year, 370. Mm -hmm. Second year, we were down to 30. <laughs> Fourth year, we were down to... Third year, we were down to 15. Fourth year, we were down to about 8 or something like that. It's just, it's with the way it was set up, Mm. the dropouts were just normal. <laughs> so yeah. my letting them know was more of, I'm telling you because I'm coming back. So mm. y'all should just know. And also if you just see me sick or whatever, understand. <laughs> yeah. But just yeah. hearing this is, has just, you know, changed the way we think of things generally, right? Because yeah. all you see is just this person with, with her bump and you just think, wow. And then no one ever goes into the story of how, why, how is she? And then extending love and stuff like that. So thank you so much for, for being vulnerable and sharing your stories. What would be your last words? Mm. I just literally realized that um, there's a lot I haven't said that I feel needs to be said. Mm -hmm. Um if anything, just to get off my chest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
Mm. There's a lot I haven't said that hasn't been said. And it's all as a result of the way things have transpired and the way things are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like for the longest time I had to defend myself because nobody else was doing it for me. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that I'm at a stage where I'm happy, mm-hmm. our family is happy, we are at uh, peace, I still have that little bit that feels like there needs to be some form of accountability or retribution of sorts. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got no control for that. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have no control over how that is done or when it's done or how it's done. Only the good Lord knows how he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. But for my son's sake, it's something that I would love to see in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of things that he is today could have been avoided had we been dealing with mature, self-aware, self-conscious people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is not me trying to throw shade or anything. It's just my thinking process. Like I said, yeah. you know, we just share everything and how we think, right? And this mm-hmm. is literally what I'm thinking, having had this conversation. In closing... um, don't take this as the end of this conversation. Like, there's so much more. Like, because yeah. we try and keep our episodes short, this one, I don't know. I think we went on a tangent with this one as well. <laughs> um, we try to keep our episodes short, so mm. um, we won't go into as much detail as possible, and some things might be left out. But if there are any questions, um, please do not hesitate to ask, to bring them up, you know. It is what it is. We will talk about it. Mm. So, yeah, thank you for kind of sitting us and talking us through this because I think it's an important conversation, especially after talking about self-awareness and the like. I think this contributed to our journeys and where we're at today and Mm -hmm. why we are who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, a lot of things have made us who we are Mm -hmm. and this was one of the really big ones Mm. for us. And continually, I will encourage everyone who's in that space to yeah, keep pressing on and finding yourself and just loving yourself because not many people will come and surround you with the love and the support that you need. Mm. And so you have to expose yourself to all the right influences that are going to uplift you mm. and prop you up and hold you up in prayer, in in just like this love and this support. And I think even for Tare, um, I feel like you still have to be that person for your son. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I always know that, I always try to operate from that place of this is my area of control. And so as long as we operate from that place, we don't feel the burden of having to control how the next person is reacting or responding to us Mm -hmm. because you are completely in control of your bit Mm. and yeah that's that's my encouragement to all of us that we carry on in that strength and identity of who we are and loving ourselves to healing right Mm. yeah right thank you ladies thank you for listening in this is untied talk 
with from love. us. Yep. <laughs> to with you. Love. To you. <laughs> <laughs> with love. <laughs> Bye. Bye.